Welcome to the Local Government Bulletin Podcast Series of the Dalla Omar Institute at the University of the Western Cape. Here you can listen to short articles on local government law and policy. We aim to assist practitioners and deepen debates on local governance and service delivery. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Now, South Africans are all too aware of the scourge of gender-based violence and government has highlighted it as a priority. But are we, as a nation, failing the women who are trapped in abusive relationships, sometimes tortured and sometimes killed? Well, UN experts say that South Africa's failure to tackle domestic violence has resulted in the violation of women's fundamental rights. This article was written by Shaham Johnstone, published under Volume 16, Issue 1 in March 2021, with the title, Gender-Sensitive Planning and Urban Design for Cities to Respond to GBVF. The National Strategic Plan to Address Gender-Based Violence and Femicide aims to create an enabling environment in which women can feel safe. Absent from the NSP is the role of city planning towards this goal. This article will illustrate how gender-sensitive planning and urban design together with the implementation of the development principle of spatial justice in Spatial Planning and Land Use Management Act 16 of 2013 may serve as a mechanism for the improved safety of women. Women's Right to Freedom of Security in the City Women are disproportionately affected by poverty and violence. Women living in sprawling informal settlements are subjected to poor transportation, lighting, electricity and gaps in basic services such as water and sanitation. They live in constant fear of violence. For example, in Deep Sloot, women have notoriously been raped and murdered on public roads. The inaction of cities exacerbates the problem. The Safe and Inclusive Cities program confirms that a lack of responsive planning, among other things, deepens the insecurities and tensions already experienced by women. It is well known that city planning remains class, race and gender neutral. As a consequence, this increases marginalization of vulnerable groups in society. It is for this reason that as far back as 1968, concepts of and struggles for social inclusion in urban planning emerged. The right to the city developed in New York to ensure that marginalized groups have equal access to the city. It presents a renewed access to urban life, one that empowers city dwellers to shape the city as they see fit through rights to participation and active civil engagement. Based on these underpinnings, global movements such as the GSP and UD movement gained momentum. During the 70s, women planners advocated for the recognition and involvement of women in city planning and design, thus integrating feminist theory and planning theory. International organizations such as the World Bank promote the implementation of GSP and UD in response to urbanization in which women compete for scarce resources. The Development Principle of Spatial Justice and GSP and UD SPLUMA is a national framework legislation which came into operation on 1 July 2015. SPLUMA's primary aim is to provide a uniform framework relating to the establishment of policies and systems for planning and land use management across the country. The Act creates a normative framework comprising of five development principles that apply throughout the Act. 
The role of the development principle is to interpret planning concepts within a development context. They apply to the city's spatial development frameworks, land use management systems, and development practices. This article focuses on the development principle of spatial justice in the context of GSP and UD and GBVF. The discussion is organized along five themes. First, improved localized data on GBVF. Splumer's emphasis on redress for previously disadvantaged groups forces cities to confront past patterns of development. Women suffering from GBVF qualify as a disadvantaged group. Therefore, special measures need to be adopted to ensure that SDFs, LUMS and development practices focus on women's safety. These planning instruments must positively promote women's participation in planning and decision-making. To achieve this, cities need to collect local data from women to better understand their circumstances and unique needs. This type of data is essential to inform GSP and UD. Second, tackle the places that facilitate crime against women and girls. Research indicates that the spatial layout of South Africa's informal settlements and the design of informal housing endanger women's safety. Insufficient public street lighting leaves women vulnerable in dark areas where they are at risk to physical and sexual assault. When toilets are located far from their homes, women face even greater chances of being attacked. Women living in townships lament how walking past beans threatens their safety. Cities need to employ a GSP and UD approach to overcome these barriers, namely through the development of improved spatial layouts. GSP and UD must guide city planning to appropriately zone shippings. GSP and UD promotes public places as a means to empower women and capacitate women. International practice demonstrates examples of how public places can be used to stimulate social interaction and connection, improved physical and mental health, environmental benefits, and in some cases, economic value. Furthermore, the 2016 UN Habitat Conference, Habitat 3, adopted what is called the New Urban Agenda which focused on public space as a promoter of sustainable cities that facilitate inclusive, connected, safe and accessible cities. Mindful of these ideals, it is argued that the deliberate use of public spaces can be used to address social inequalities and may serve as a measure for the empowerment of women. One of the hallmarks of GBVF is the feeling of isolation and being disconnected from opportunities for help. The stated measures will stimulate social cohesion, making women feel connected and enable GBVF survivors to actively develop agency. This is especially true when women's self-belief and value is enhanced so they feel a sense of belonging and security. Third, greater access to land. GSP and UD aims to reshape the spaces where urban women live, work and socialize. GBVF research indicates that women often remain in abusive relations when they lack secure tenure. Prior to Spluma, the value of property was one of the determinants where the land was earmarked for affordable housing. This principle no longer applies in Spluma. 
In contrast, Splumer instructs a municipal planning tribunal not to be restricted or embedded by the value of property when considering development applications. Splumer thus establishes a social land function, i.e. placing the social value of land over the monetary value of the land. Adopting a GSP and UD approach would promote the use of land for mixed-use developments where residential areas, office parks, shops, schools, and other public services are close together. This must include the creation of various housing options, including rental accommodation, which is accessible to women, particularly vulnerable women. Fourth, flexible land use management. Splumer instructs cities to adopt flexible and appropriate LUMS for townships. The principle of spatial justice aims to generate a nuanced LUMS and facilitate informal local economy. Research confirms that economically empowered women are more likely to leave abusive relationships. A GSP and UD approach advocates for extensive consultation with women in the development of planning instruments to ensure their unique needs are accommodated. Splumer makes public consultation on the LUMS mandatory, so in a sense this serves as an active platform for collaboration between the city planners and affected women to create local markets and special economic zones, for example, to foster women's economic empowerment. Fifth, proper planning for improved infrastructure. Splumer demands that cities, SDFs and policies apply throughout the city. Previously, cities failed to govern certain areas falling within their planning schemes, particularly if they were considered to be illegal and troublesome areas like informal settlements. This is no longer the case as all land within the city's jurisdiction must be governed. Therefore, all land is now subject to city planning. The SDFs must thus be used to better plan infrastructure and investment. Quality infrastructure from transport, energy, and water to public parks and museums creates inclusive growth and supports sustainable development. GSP and UD promotes infrastructural plans that directly respond to women's needs, which include gender mobility, emergency responses on transport, and improved pathways, which women frequent by brighter lighting and pedestrian crossing. Research confirms that infrastructural assets could improve the women's living conditions. Therefore, GSP and UD encourages cities to explore issues such as women's needs in accessing water points, types, location of facilities, as well as their privacy and safety for water and sanitation facilities. If cities fail to put measures in place to address these issues, they are sure to be confronted by social rights groups. For example, the Socioeconomic Rights Institute Institute have instituted legal proceedings against municipalities that fail to provide adequate access to water and sanitation. This is an indication that cities will be held to account if they neglect to take into account the safety of women. Conclusion Cities can and must use their planning powers to positively alleviate GBVF. It cannot be the sole responsibility of any one sphere of government. The principle of spatial justice underscores women's right to the city through promoting GSP and UD. However, the progressive realization of this right in practice is not guaranteed. Only with strong commitment from political leadership and city bureaucrats can this be achieved. Moreover, unless it is firmly entrenched in all policies and programming, we will lose the fight against GBVF. Thanks for listening. If you found it useful, please share this podcast via your social media.
The Local Government Bulletin is supported by the Hans Seidel Foundation and the Bavarian State Chancellery. We are proud to contribute to the debate on local governance and service delivery. This podcast was produced by Lukaniso Matebese.